0: This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Just one thing before we continue with the service. It was my dad's 81st birthday yesterday. Thank you good to celebrate all the birthdays, we'll need a one, you know, you might as well celebrate them. Uh, for those of you that are kind of new to the church, um, I, I've been the pastor for the last 10 years here at the City Church, but my dad was the pastor for 20 years before that. And, uh, you know, it, it's great to be thankful for the people in the church that have gone before us. And this building would not be here if it wasn't for my dad and his faithfulness and the faith of my parents. So we honor him and them today. Uh, thank God for them well we are finishing up our at the movies series today and what we've been looking at we've been showing different movie clips um, every week for the the past five weeks and we've been showing um, different stories. The first week we showed a clip from Shrek and the second week we showed a clip from Logan and the third week we showed a clip from Hidden Figures and my wife did an awesome job preaching and then last week we showed a clip um, from Rocky and then today we showed a clip from Jimmy's Life. Jimmy's Life was our movie uh, this week and you know as I said on Friday you know Jimmy is rocking the shaved head. But I think he should grow it back out and bring back those frosted tips. What do you think? I don't know that his kids would go for that, but uh, he's looking really good back in the day. Um, and what we are discussing today is, is the question for all of us. What does my life look in a movie? Because what we are doing with our lives is we are writing a story or we're making a movie. And we actually get to choose the final edit of our movie, that God is the ultimate director of our lives. But what am I choosing for my life? And the story we're talking about today as we uh, saw Jimmy's story. Now, we all have a story similar to Jimmy's. That we all here this morning have made mistakes in our past, and we have done wrong things, and we have maybe sent our lives down a path, maybe a path of destruction. But what Jimmy's story tells us is that there is a redemption story, and that is the story of the scripture. In the scripture, we see the fall in the garden, and then we see the story of redemption unfold through the life and ministry of Jesus and what God did through Christ. And we can all choose redemption story for our lives. And in fact, I feel like we should choose it. Uh, we have a testimony. Once again, we we've done some things. That we have a past. Everybody in here today, uh, there, nothing is perfect. That we don't. We none of us could say in here today that we have a perfect past. But what's great about redemption story is not God is not looking at our past. And the mistakes we made and the stupid choices that we made. Can we all testify that we've made some mistakes? And that we've made some stupid choices. That God is not looking at those, you know, crooked paths that we have chosen and deciding our future. What God is deciding relating to our future is redemption's story. Is that God has done something for Christ? God has done something through Christ for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. And he wants his story to unfold in our lives. Not just our stupid mistakes. Not just our wrong choices. Not just the negative circumstances that comes our way. That we get the final edit of the movie of our lives. So, so far we've looked at these principles when we we show the... Clip of Shrek, and you, if you missed any of those messages, you can go back. They're all online. Uh, the Unqualified or Reluctant Hero. And then when we showed the clip from Logan, we talked about sacrificial love. And then the week that my wife preached, we talked about on Mother's Day. Uh, she talked about identity and worth, having our identity and worth in God. And then last week with Rocky, we talked about the comeback. And with Jimmy's story today, we are looking At this idea of redemption story. That God is, uh, as we see in the stories of scripture. See, what's what's great about the Bible. Is that there's a bunch of imperfect people in the Bible. And and we can identify with all of them. And they all have a redemption story. When we think about heroes in the Old Testament. Abraham and, and Moses and David. These are all very flawed and perfect individuals. We can identify with all of them. But the story of their life doesn't end with their mistakes. That God has redemption for each one of us. That God is calling us out of our mistakes. That God is calling us out of our sin. And he's calling us to live a very specific life. He's calling us to live redemption's story in our lives. That God has done something for us. And because God has done something for us from that place of grace and from that place of goodness... We should live something out. Now, one of the movies that we considered showing um, in this series is Saving Private Ryan, one of my favorite World War II movies. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Um, once again, if you don't like violent movies, don't watch Saving Private Ryan. But a World War II movie, I was like watching World War II movies. And the story of Saving Private Ryan is that there's uh, one individual, and he's he's fighting in a very specific place, and all his older brothers have died in combat. So they send out this squad of of army guys who go to find Private Ryan because he's the last the last brother left, and so they're going to send him home to his family because he's the only one left in his family. So these guys soon after D Day and they're out and they're searching for Private Ryan, and on you know the journey to find Private Ryan, a bunch of them die, a bunch of them you know, are sacrificed in the journey for for Private Ryan. And Tom Hanks is one of the actors in this movie. And at the very end of the movie, the culmination of the story, they, they found Private Ryan and they've saved him. And Tom Hanks is dying there on the battlefield. And he says to Private Ryan, he says, earn this. In other words, live a life worthy of what's been done for you. Now, we can't earn the grace of God. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. But because God has given us his grace, what type of life should we choose? Should I waste my life? Should I just, you know, live foolishly? Should I just make a bunch more mistakes? Or should I live out redemption story? Should I live? Yeah, I know I've made mistakes and I know I've made some dumb choices. But God is not holding me to that. He's bringing me out. He's giving me his grace. And this is the good news of the gospel. This God actually wants us to live out this gospel story, that grace has been given to each one of us. Now, the word redemption, maybe it could just sound like a really religious word, but it has some very specific definitions. I'm going to read you a bunch that will help you understand it. Redemption is to make things right. It means releasing affected the affected by payment Of a ransom. This is what God has done for us in redemption. The atoning for a fault or a mistake. This is what redemption is. To buy something from someone for another purpose. To buy again. We are purchased by Christ from the bondage of sin for the purpose of freedom in him. See, and God wants that to be the story of our lives. That's what the redemption story that God wants us to tell with our everyday living. That Jesus has set us free from sin so I can go live a different life now. I don't have to just live by the mistakes of my flesh that I can live in redemption. Redemption means purchased our pardon. It also means... Um, Even when we're dealing with the consequences of our sin, God gives us grace to move forward. Aren't you thankful for redemption today? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says this. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. So where do we have redemption? In him. We have redemption in Christ. Not in and of ourselves. We can't make our stories, right? We can't atone for the mistakes of our past. But that in Christ, we actually have redemption. And where does that come? It comes from the riches of his grace. See, we can deal with the, many times the guilt and shame of our past. That we can feel really bad about some stupid stuff that we've done. And many people are held sort of in place sometimes in life. They've done so many things wrong and they kind of think, well, you know, I'm just not worthy of living a good life because I've made so many mistakes. But we don't live a life of redemption because of our goodness and our ability to atone for ourselves, that we have redemption in Him, in Christ, in the accomplishments of Jesus, so we can rest in this beautiful grace, the riches of Of his grace so that we can live out the life of redemption. He is the one that brought us back. He is the one that justified us. Lamentation chapter 3 verse 22 says this. Because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every day... The mercies of God show up in our lives and we need God's mercies every day, don't we? Come on now. For all of us in here today who have problems with our flesh and with our attitudes and with our words and with our actions, and that's everybody in this room today, what that God gives us mercy, how often? Every day. So that we can live out the story of redemption, that we don't look and stare at our mistakes. And all the things that we've done wrong and all of the ways that we fall short, because we do fall short in so many different ways. But God doesn't want us to live from this place of, look at the mess of my life. He wants us to live from the place of redemption. From the place, oh, his mercies are new every morning. And so because he sets us free from sin, we should then leave a sinful life. Now, many times we say this, we kind of, you know, when we think about sin, sin just means to miss the mark. That God wants us to live a certain way and then we mess up, we we miss the mark, we miss the bullseye on the target. But what does God give us when we miss the bullseye on the target? The target, the scripture says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What does God give us when we miss the target? He gives us mercy, He gives us grace. He gives us forgiveness. Now, that doesn't mean that we should continue to live in sin and and, and keep messing up on purpose. That God actually wants us to walk free from sin. Um, Romans chapter 6, verse 1 says this. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or do you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ Jesus was raised from the dead through the glory of the father, we too may live a new life. And this is what God wants for us because of what Jesus has done. See, God's not wanting us to to live a religious life, right? He's wanting us to live a new life, the life that we were created to live. See, Jesus restored us to the original purpose of our humanity. He doesn't want religious robots walking around. He wants people living a new life. Life that you were intended to live, a redeemed life. So what is this scripture telling us here? That we are baptized into Christ. Now when we do water baptism, we are showing this representation of a spiritual truth. That we die with Christ. The old us dies with Christ. The old sinful us dies with Christ on the cross. We are buried with him. And then what does he do? He raises us to new life. That we could live a redeemed life. See, metaphorically speaking, all of us, the old version of ourselves or the younger version of ourself, has died. And we are living the new version of ourselves. Uh, you know, y- your two-year-old self has died, right? Come on now, you're, you're not acting the same way you acted when you were two, right? What happened? Hopefully, you grew up and you're not throwing tantrums in the mall anymore. If you are, there's a whole other issue. We got is you know, counseling available for you. What, what happened? Your two-year-old self died and something else emerged. This is the same principle that we're, we're going to die to our old sinful self. And then what does God want us to do? He wants us to live a new, redeemed life. I'm no longer allowing the sins of my past, the mess-ups of my past to define me. I'm allowing the grace of God to define me. I, I'm allowing redemption's call to define me, what God has done for me in Christ, that we can live a redeemed life, that Jesus has absorbed the effects of our sins so that we can live a new life. Psalm 107, verse 2 says this, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. Now, when it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, it doesn't mean say so, There's a song back in the day. It's not about saying so. What it means is say that I'm redeemed. That's how I need to talk about my life. That I have experienced redemption. That God has offered me redemption. So that's what I say about myself. See, Jimmy's story was like, I'm not this guy how I used to be. That is the story of the redeemed. We have a new story to tell that God has given me grace. That this thing I did, and who I was, and my old self, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm I'm living the life that God has for me. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Man, this is who I am now in Christ. Whom he has redeemed from trouble. Now there's two different types of trouble that we're going to experience in life. The the type of trouble that we have no control over. That things are going to come our way, and they're going to be difficult. And it's going to be struggle not based on a choice that I made, that somebody else made a stupid choice, or we just live in a broken world. I'm going to experience this trouble, but God has redeemed me from that trouble. He has bought me back from that trouble. And then the other trouble we experience is based on our stupid choices. Wrong attitudes. That he actually redeems me from the trouble that I create. Isn't he gracious this morning? See, that's, just, that's what's great about Jimmy and his honesty. in his story. Because the reality is that, that is our story. Whether the details are the same or not. Our story is we're just going to do our own thing. I'm just going to do what I want, when I want. And nobody can tell me any different. Can you hear your teenage self? Right? Nobody can tell me. I'm I'm just going to live free. My parents aren't going to tell me what to do. Society's not going to tell me what to do. I'm just going to do what I want. And then you will try that for a period of time. Some of us longer than others. And eventually at the end of that, you'll be like, this isn't working. This isn't working. Me doing my own thing is not working. That God invites us into the life that he gives. See, we're we're not old enough, regardless of how old we are in here today, whether you're 81 or you're a teenager, none of us are old enough to completely figure out life in the amount of time that we have. We're not smart enough. We're not educated enough. What is God wanting us to do? He's wanting us to live a redeemed life. Not a religious life, a redeemed one. A new life. The life that we were intended to live. See, God wants to shape our lives according to his purposes. Jeremiah chapter 18 verse 1 says this. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So God is going to show something To Jeremiah, he's going to teach him something by going to the potter's house. So I went down to the potter's house, Jeremiah said. I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot was shaped from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Shaping it as it seemed best to him. And see, this is redemption's story. Whether it's circumstances that came our way or stupid choices that we made, the clay pot of our lives is marred. I'm not good enough on my own. I'm not smart enough on my own. I'm not intelligent enough on my own to figure it out for myself. And then there's stuff that 's coming my way, and it has marred my life. But what is the illustration that God is trying to get across to Jeremiah, that God is doing something, and when our life when our lives are marred, God is going to reshape us. He's going to redeem us. So we put our lives in the hand of the redeemer. Surely my redeemer lives. hey I, i've got so many mess ups, I've got so many mistakes in my past, but I put my life in the hands of the great potter. What is he going to do? He's going to shape me the way that I was created to be. See, and this is the great understanding of our relationship with God, that we get in contact with our creator, young people. This is not about getting in contact with the God of your parents. This is the God who created you. He knows you, he understands you, he understands who you are, and he understands what can happen through your life. When we put our hands, when we put our lives in the hands of the potter, he will shape us, and he will use us. He wants to tell his story through your life. But my life, in my hands, is just limited to what I can think and what I can do, and what I can produce, I'm not old enough, and I'm not smart enough, and I'm not educated enough, I'm not sophisticated enough to be all that God has created me to be on, his, on my own, that I'm connecting with Him, and I'm wanting His ways, and I'm wanting to allow Him to shape me. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1 says this, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel... Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I've redeemed you regardless of what you have done. God knows your name. See, and he calls each one of us by our name. And what is he, what is he calling us to do? He's calling us to live the redeemed life. He's calling us to live the life of grace. He's calling us to live the life where I stop trying to fix all of the mistakes from my past and just receive his grace. That Jesus absorbed the effects of my sin and my eternity is changed forever because of what Jesus has done. That he has redeemed me. He has made provision for me and he calls me by name. It's calling me to live the life of redemption. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. For you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. See, you can accomplish the plans of God through your life. Glorify God in your body, the things that you do that you can actually bring glory to God based on the life you live, the movie that you live, the story that you tell. Or we could just do our own thing. We could just, you know, figure it out on our own. However old we are. Well, This is the amount of years that I've been living, and this is what I've got figured out till this point. No, no, you you were bought with the price. You and I were bought with the price. The ultimate sacrifice has been given for us, that God actually wants to be with us. And see, this is the story of the gospel. This is the thing that God wants us to live out. Think about this amazing fact, that God actually wants to be with you. Over and over again, we see this theme in the scripture, that God comes down. That God comes down to man. God actually wants to be with you regardless of your past. Regardless of your mess ups. Regardless of your shortcomings. God wants to be with you and he calls you by name. And he calls you to live a redeemed life. Not just on my own. That I get to be with God and he is speaking to me and he is leading me and guiding me. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 says this. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. See, this is what happened. And Jimmy's story, laying there at the bottom of the stairs, bunch of wrong choices, and I don't say this from a, point, a place of higher than Jimmy, I've made some mistakes and you have too. But what happened to Jimmy there at the bottom of the stairs is that God was speaking to his heart. And then God had another life for Jimmy to live. Not just the one that he had imagined in the moment. That there was actually something else for him. There was something else for his family. There was something else for his kids. There was something else for him. And what, what happened in that moment. That he inclined his ears. To what God is saying. And see here's the story of redemption. And maybe you're here this morning. And maybe you're not ready. And you're like. Church, whatever, preacher, whatever. I'm just going to go and do my own thing. Do you know there's actually nowhere to go from God? Young people, church kids of the room, listen to me. If you hear nothing else, I say to you today, there is nowhere to go from the voice of God. And he's going to come to you in the middle of your mess-ups. He's going to come to you when you have run as far away from him as you can imagine. He's going to come to you in that moment. And he's going to whisper to your heart again. He's going to call you to live a redeemed life. He's going to call you to live in the grace that he's given you. He does not give up. He sent his son. The the cost was too high for him to give up on you. So what I would say is don't waste your life on your own thing. Live the redeemed life that God has given to us. Last story here in Luke chapter 15. Jesus is with a very interesting group of people and they're very specifically defined. And he's going to give them a story. He's going to give them a parable to illustrate to them something about God's nature. Luke 15, verse 1, it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. Who was there to listen to Jesus? All of the bad people. The two categories of sinners, like the sinners and the tax collectors, like they were the worst category of sinners. The really bad people wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. And then there was another group there. It says, but the Pharisees... And the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. See, the religious people were saying that about Jesus as a put-down. But it's true. They were trying to get him, well, this guy is just eating with the sinners. Yeah, that's true. That's the point of the story that the people who were far from God, the people who realized their lives were a mess were there to hear what Jesus had to say. And then the religious people, the people that apparently knew the word of God, they were there and what were they doing? They were looking down their nose at Jesus talking to these people and then they were looking down their nose at these people in general. Who were these people? Well, the sinner people. See, and part of the recognition for us to live a redeemed life is to know we need a redeemer. We need someone to buy us back. We don't qualify for the grace of God in our own goodness because we don't actually have any. That he's there and he's with the sinners and the tax collectors and he's there with the religious listen to the story that Jesus tells so he told them this parable suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it until he finds it He keeps looking. He he's, continues to search. God doesn't stop. God's mercy doesn't stop just because you mess up. God's mercy doesn't stop just because you're not sure about a few things. God's mercy doesn't stop because of this, that, or the other. That God's mercy is always there. And God is searching for you. Until when? Until he finds you. So much of what that means is, uh, okay, until I'm ready to say yes to the life of redemption. That he is following after us. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. And he goes home and then he calls to his friends and neighbors together. And he says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do do not need to repent. So who is he talking to? He's, He's talking to a bunch of people that have messed up their lives. And then he's talking to a bunch of other people who think they're good without God. And to both of them, he says, God is searching after you. And see all of our story in here today. I'm gonna put you all in two categories. For the, for those of us who are in the cinder tax collector category, that's the category I'm putting myself in this morning. But then there's another category. There is the religious superior, and I've grown up with some of these people in church that they're so good in and of themselves. And how amazing they are at being a Christian. That they feel like they can look down at other people and kind of think, I don't actually need redemption. I'm so amazing myself. I pray and I serve and I give my tithes. And I'm not like the tax collectors and the sinners. And that is a fallacy. That God comes to each one of us whether we've messed up our lives or whether we think we are self-righteous, that all of us are in need of God throwing us over his shoulder and bringing bringing us home to him. We all need redemption. We all need the grace of God. And God, this is what God wants us to live out. God wants us to live from this beautiful place of grace that he set me free from sin. That he set me free from my self-righteousness. And I can walk out redemption based on grace. And he's forming me and he's shaping me. He wants me to be usable in his kingdom. I'm going to read you one more story before we're finished. And this story just illustrates to us the story of redemption. A little boy built the most beautiful sailboat and had it all fixed up, tarred and painted, and he took it to the lake and he pushed it in, hoping it would sail. Sure enough, a wisp of breeze filled the little sail and it billowed and went rippling along the waves. Suddenly, before the little boy knew it, the boat was out of his reach. Even though he waded in fast and tried to grab it as he watched it float away, he hoped maybe the breeze would shift and it would come sailing back to him. Instead, he watched it go further and further until it was gone. When he went home crying, he asked his mother asked, What went wrong? Didn't it work? And he said, It worked too well. Sometime later, the little boy was downtown and walked past a secondhand store. There in the window, he saw the boat his boat it was unmistakable the boat that he created he went in and said to the proprietor that's my boat he walked to the window picked it up and started to leave with it the owner of the shop said wait a minute sonny that's my boat I bought it from somebody the the boy said no 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 that's my boat I made it see and he showed him the little scratches and the marks where he hammered and filed the man said I'm sorry son But someone else brought it in this morning. If you want it, you'll have to buy it for $1. The little boy ran home and counted all the money he had in the world. Exactly $1. When he reached the store, he rushed into the counter. Here's the money for the boat. And he left the store. The little boy hugged his boat and said, Now you're twice mine. First I made you, and now I bought you back. See, and that is the story of redemption. That he made us, and then he bought us back. For the times that we sailed away on our own, and went and did our own thing, even in that moment, God sacrificed himself through Christ. And see, this is what God wants to do through the vessel of our lives. He doesn't want us to live a life of sadness or a life of cowardice. That he wants us to be cor- courageous. He wants us to know who we are in Christ. He wants us to live the life of a comeback. And then he wants us to live the life of sacrificial love that he displayed for us in Christ Jesus. This is the life of redemption that God wants us to live. Let's just pray this morning. God, we're so thankful for your goodness today. We're so thankful for your love that you call us to live the life of the redeemed. Lord, that you have brought us back for a reason, for a purpose. God, we want to follow after you. We want to follow your plans and purposes for our lives. We're so thankful for your grace today. That you haven't decided negatively about us based on the mistakes of our past. That you have given us redemption. We thank you for that, Lord. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.